Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303, Episode 58. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. How are you doing tonight, Nick? Good. I think I mentioned this last episode, but spring training is in full effect. We're, we're quietly approaching uh, the greatest day of the year, the greatest uh, season of the year, which is spring. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's good. The, the, the Colorado Rockies are, um, kind of doing what they always do and playing really well in spring training right now. And it makes you think that maybe we have a chance this year with a bunch of young players and it's, it's not going to work out. So, oh, there it is. The glimmer of hope that always gets every sports fan. Javi Baez is in mid season form with his, with his tags already. So that's, that's impressive to see. It's not really impressive. It's like the Mike Trout treatment. It's really not impressive anymore. He's it's like LeBron so and Jordan and Kobe. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no, nah, it's not really that impressive. Oh, They've done sp- it for so long. Yeah. You're like, fuck it. Spin, spin, fade away, you know, bucket. And you're like, yeah. what? It's Oh, LeBron yammed from the three-point line? Oh, that's cute. I've seen yeah, him do, do something that new, a million LeBron. times. Come on, bro. Challenge yourself. <laughs> do something new, you peak athlete. Dunk from half court like a real yeah. man. <laughs> Dunk from the logo, Dame time. <laughs> Dame time. Oh, man. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning in right now, today's episode is all about NCAA March Madness. That's right. After a year hiatus due to the unfortunate circumstance that will not be named, we have the official tournament back whoop whoop the best part is is duke isn't in <laughs> that is very good right like every person in the world is celebrating that because duke is i mean if you okay so go back to episode 66 i'm just shooting from the hip i don't remember the episode but i roasted coach k for being a twat jermaine means 36 because episode 66 hasn't been made yet. No, no. Go back to episode 66. Because I'm sure I'm going to roast Coach K in eight episodes. Oh, yeah, it would not, it would not shock For me. For being a bitch. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> Coach K. You're a terrific ball coach. But you, you were out of line this, this season, so I had to roast your ass. But you won't be in the tournament. And it's pretty fantastic. So today's trivia is brought to you due to the fact that Duke and UNC have been so dominant. We're going to talk about ACC, right, which has been a beacon of college basketball play for what feels like my entire lifetime, right? NC State has had some good teams. Maryland has had some good teams. Not in our lifetime. Florida State has had some good teams. No, NC State's had some good teams. I mean, not like – yeah, that's yeah, of course. But that's sense. If yeah. you're good in the ACC, you'd win a whole another conference. Yeah. That's for Vir- Virginia lately. North Carolina has been pretty good. Miami's put together a you know a, a, a couple of good squads. Uh, Duke and UNC, obviously. There was a brief time when Wake Forest Syracuse. was a thing. When Wake Forest was a thing, you remember mm-hmm. that? Syracuse and Pitt. Yep. Oh, dude, Jim Beheim. That dude is the definition of an old white guy right now. Oh, yeah, dude, he's he's messing he's up. He should be on finding. He might yeah. be in the finding cut Hall of Fame. Seriously, finding cut, finding cut Hall of Fame. That dude is consistent with his idiocy when it comes to transfers. I'm like, no okay, doubt. you're the you're the one coach who stayed at a school, but that's because the school's backed you. Yeah. You know what I mean, every other coach is hop ship, and you haven't said a goddamn word about that while they're collecting millions of dollars. But yeah. I, I digress. This ep- this episode's trivia question is: 
When was the last time Duke or UNC wasn't in the ACC championship game? This is just a purely staggering statistic, and that's why it's here. If you watch the ACC tournament and you watch the ACC championship game, they beat this like a dead horse. They beat this like a 12-year-old beats his meat. Oh, and it was, I mean, it was just, it was extraordinary. For somebody who hates both of these schools, I mean, it was just, I wanted I wanted more. I wanted them to be like, we'll go to a commercial break presented by Duke and UNC not being in the ACC <laughs> championship game. Yeah, I mean, as an NC State fan, I can respect that because yeah. <laughs> of how long it's been. So uh, yeah. we'll get you the answer at the end of this podcast. But it's been a minute. I am shocked that Georgia Tech beat Florida State, though. Yeah, that's, I mean... Especially with a uh, friend of the pod who doesn't listen anymore. Shout out Scumbag E. Yeah, um, scumbag e. He is a big – what's what's FSU's coach's name, if you look that up for me? I think his name is Leonard yeah. Lewis. Um, he loves Leonard Lewis. And Leonard Lewis is a damn good ball coach. But he – Leonard had, Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton is a damn good ball coach. But he hasn't won an ACC tournament before. Right, they gave him last year's tournament because the tournament was canceled before they played it. So they just mm. gave it to the number one seed in the ACC, which happened to be Florida State. Bum. Um, and I think he's only won one other regular season title, which was like in two thousand six or something like that. I'm like, if you're gonna be championing this guy as a terrific college sports hoops coach, like he's gotta start winning some shit. And he dropped the ball to James fucking Pastner. Is it, no, it's Josh Pastner. Well, ex, I mean that... ex Memphis coach, who's the most annoyingly positive dude in the world. <laughs> well, I mean that that is a that is an excellent setup, Jermaine, for our main topic of today, which is the NCAA tournament. Maybe that is foreshadowing for something that I will discuss in our March Madness preview. But before then, oh shit, he's picking FSU to lose. Listen up, boys and um, girls. You saw that the uh, XFL and the CFL are discussing a partnership. That news yes. came out this last week. Not, yes. not, not, not really shocking, right? The you know the, the Rock has now entered in, in in a partnership with the with Oliver Luck and the and the XFL. The Rock obviously has spoken at like ad nauseum about how much the, you know the CFL helped him out when he only had seven dollars in his pocket. He tried to make the NFL, didn't make it. Went up to the Canadian Football League and started playing with him. It's not shocking that the Rock would try to. Uh, enter into a partnership with these two leagues, what that partnership would look like? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I have some theories, but we're going to, we're first going to start with one of the reasons why the CFL is willing to come to the table. CFL is almost a holistic revenue stream is based on fan attendance. Right. And so what hasn't happened in the last year plus, right? For those of you listening at home, since Nick doesn't want to answer the question that I just posed to him, it is fans have not attended games. So oh, Yes, because of he who shall not be named. Of he who shall not be named. They've been hemorrhaging money. And so for that reason, CFL is looking for different options. Um and the XFL is presenting that. The way it goes, I cannot tell you, but I believe that they are going to set up an AFC-NFC situation. That is that is how I would approach the subject. 
That's how I would do it, and you would have interleague play as well. So you'd start the season with interleague play, right? Then everyone returns back to their respective leagues, plays through that. You make it maybe a 10, 11-game schedule, and then you have some sort of playoff format where the champion of the CFL plays the champion of the XFL to to become the respective champion of those two leagues. Kind of like a Super Bowl. Oh, what a name for it. We should market that. I I like that. I, I think that that's an awesome partnership between the XFL and the CFL. What what I could see happening to, more, more towards that point is the NFL has been, throughout its history, looking for a league that it can continuously monitor the prospects that it does not select on its 52-man teams. Right, So we see practice squads, but practice squads don't really give teams an accurate look at how somebody's playing. I could definitely see this XFL-CFL matchup kind of being like a minor league towards professional football in the NFL, right? Where NFL scouts can go and watch a game for these guys, these, you know, maybe these, these Division II, Division III cats that, you know, didn't just happen to be discovered by a scout's son or something, you know, the Adam Thielen story, right? That, that they can go play in this league now and that, you know, a scout sees, hey, we need that guy. We need a P.J. Walker in our team. But he's also now played a 12-game season. And, hey, let's let's sign him to our team and see what he can do. Yeah, that's definitely the second option that it can approach, right? Especially if you're playing summer ball. Coming off of summer ball, you can hypothetically sign, you know, a contract with an NFL team, I'm sure that they can find some sort of way for the NFL team to compensate this CFL or XFL team for the signing of that player. But all it does is present another avenue for players, which we are pro on this podcast for, to make it to the league and to secure the the bag. You know, kind of like last episode's like last episode's title is you know everyone seemed to get paid last episode so now it's time for the player empowerment movement yeah well i I mean also keep playing too because like that's 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 a good thing like actually at a high professional level have the with with now you know oliver luck the dad of the dad of andrew luck and and a pretty big you know football guy himself and now the rock it, you know, with big backers, this isn't just a Vince McMahon publicity stunt anymore. The XFL—they're actually trying to 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 find themselves into you know the professional ranks and and get some credibility with this. So, I mean, this this will allow guys that maybe didn't have a chance to to keep playing. So, it, it it'll be it'll be pretty awesome to see what comes out in the next couple of weeks and and what partnership that they can enter into. The best part is, is this gives an avenue to kids who cannot go straight to the NFL. Right, an avenue to to play yep. and make money playing the sport they're very very good at. Ideally, I don't know how they're going to structure it for those kids per se, but um, with my current stance on how uh, disgusted I am with the NCAA as far as football and basketball goes, I know we're still covering uh, hoops this podcast. But for those of you who have been listening rather religiously, we haven't covered college football very much because. You know, I'm just not a fan of the way the NCAA runs itself as a business. So March Madness is a truly special event, and that's why we will treat it as such and we will cover it. But if you have been listening as well, we haven't covered very much college hoops. 
The extent of NCAA coverage on this podcast has been us ripping them a new one and finding them and cutting them. We have been nothing but consistent on that. And, um, you know, if they don't change their stripes soon to make it a more player-friendly environment, then, you know, I don't see myself continuing to support them. Just like I haven't watched a ton of college hoops this year aside from uh, Texas men's uh, basketball team. Uh, shout out them for winning the Big 12 championship. We're officially one and six in that game oh, since, since the Big 12 has started. So, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of a shame since you have a bunch of grown men making millions of dollars and they can't seem to make find in their heart to allow kids to transfer if they don't see that the school they chose fit fits yeah. their their lives anymore. But with that being said, we're going to move on to the second topic for the NFL pro football coverage. And we have another NFL rule change presented by the Ravens. So if you listen to the last episode, we had the sky judge presented by them, right? The sky judge that we kind of thought was a good idea for a number of reasons, but this one is even more juicy. Nick, you want to present this for us? Yeah. So the, so the Baltimore Ravens basically got in, uh, they got in cahoots with a, a Nobel prize, winning uh, economist, let me pull up his name here, uh, Richard Thaler. Uh, he's an economics professor at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. So basically what it is, is when it, when, when it goes to overtime, um, the team that gets the ball first wins more on average. It's not that crazy. It's like 28 and 20 since the new overtime rules were put in. Uh, it, yeah, in 50, in 50 games, they have yeah. about – they have – what is it? Fifty six wins in those in those one hundred games. Yeah. So it's fifty six percent. Yeah. So the current NFL rules obviously are: you score a touchdown, you win. If you kick a field goal, the other team gets the ball back. Right. It was the NFL's kind of compromise to teams saying that whoever gets the ball first normally wins, and whoever scores first in overtime wins. So the Ravens, along with Richard Thaler, um. Which I which I don't know who's cranking out these rules in Baltimore, but they're I I don't I don't know what genius mind they got in Baltimore, but you know, th- these are some good rules. It's probably Basically, the same guy that made Lamar Jackson a good quarterback, despite you not wanting to admit that. He's a he's a he's an amazing running back and uh, you know a <laughs> below average quarterback. Um. So basically, what happens is 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 the the coin flip happens, whichever team wins the coin flip, or the. The losing coin flip team gets to pick a spot on the field where the winning team will start. So let's just say the twenty yard line, their the the their twenty yard line. So in their territory, the team that wins the coin flip can then decide whether they want to get the ball or they want the other team to get the ball and they play defense. So this comes in because if the team that loses the coin flip goes. Oh, you're going to put it at your five-yard line. Then the team winning the coin flip can go, nah, psych. Uno, Uno reverse card, you're, it's at your five-yard line, and we're playing defense. Did you just say Uno reverse card? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, boy. So let me ask this. Can you pick the line and win the coin flip? No. So you can't. So coin flip happens. 
Okay. You, you, Jermaine, you've won the coin flip. Jermaine's team won the coin flip. My team loses the coin flip. I say, Jermaine, you're starting at the 50. Then you get to decide whether you want to play offense or defense from the 50. Nah, I think that's a trick. We'll play defense. <laughs> Just kidding. If I All score, right, that's I what I, I that's what I wanted to clarify for the for the fans who are listening. I wanted to clarify that rule and how it would work. So, you know, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. What a great so like you can you can be like, "All right, you can have it at your 45." Like yeah. does that tempt you? Does that not tempt you? Do you think you're going to make it? Like, how good do you trust your defense? Has your offense been playing bad all game? What's the weather like? Oh, man, there's so many factors in that that can make this situation. They're like, nah, nah, we'll defend. All of a sudden, you're at the 45-yard line, and you just have to get 12, 13 yards to kick a field goal at the minimum? Yeah. What a wild rule. I, that's one thing that needs to happen. You just need to make it ridiculous. We're already in overtime. It's extra football. Don't yeah. make it this whatever absurd notion that you've made it, this one-sided affair, despite it being only 56%, which is, was a staggering statistic for me to hear. Also, also because this rule is so fun and innovative, the NFL is not going to approve it for, for another 10 years. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be cool to see this rule come in you know, a decade from now. I'll be dead. I'll be dead when this rule starts. Yeah. Let's hope not, but sure. Let's uh, Room 303 will be alive and thriving, but I'll be dead. We'll, we'll continue on your honor. We'll hang your we'll hang your suit jacket up in the background and, and continue All right, let, on. Let, let's hit him with this this trivia within the pod that they weren't expecting. Yeah. So I, I, I was browsing the social medias the other day. What um, are those? Uh the social medias. Oh, I get it. What well, nasty now? I gotta find it. Oh, good lord! Yeah. For uh, those browsing, of you listening, go ahead. Browsing the social medias the other day, uh, and I saw Jesus. The Avs just beat the Ducks eight four. That's not what I saw, but um, oh Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, and I saw that uh, the they posted what MLB teams had had uh, MVPs and which had not. Which teams had not had MVPs. And I think I posted it in the room 303 Goons. Now you sent it to me on Instagram. Ah, uh, inst- Instagram. Yes. Very the so- good. The social media as you referenced earlier. So for those of you listening at home, I asked Nick <laughs> before we started recording. was like, hey, man, you got the photos ready for your MLB MVP trivia. For those of you listening, yes, this happened two weeks ago prior when we talked about an Atlanta statistic. And he said yes both times. I His- got him pulled up. Jesus. All right. So we can end Jermaine's bitching right now. All right. So so basically it's American League and National League MVPs by franchise. So the trivia question within that I'm going to answer right now is which teams in the American League and the National League have never had an MVP? Do you remember this, Jermaine? Or could you give an actual, like, do you remember which teams don't? Mets. Okay. Rays. Yep. How many more? Just give me the one more. Mets, Rays. Oh, I might not be able to get this one. I don't know if I'm going to get this one. I 
and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, that makes sense. Mets, Rays, and Arizona Diamondbacks have never had an MVP. Kind of shocking. The Mets especially. Yeah. Right? The Rays have won a World Series and been to, what, another – at least another one World Series in the last two decades. How many total have they been? The Rays – Three? The Rays won a World Series. The Rays won a World Series. Yes, they did. Early two thousands. Yeah, I'm. I'm fairly. I'm willing to bet money. You want to put twenty on it? Uh. Yeah, he's gonna look at. Yeah, the I'll put. Yeah, first. I'll put. Uh, no, I'll put twenty on it. Yeah, no, I haven't looked. I haven't looked it up yet. I haven't looked it up yet. I don't know if I trust you anymore. All right, let's do it, dude. Fuck it. Yeah, they've never won a World Series. They won the pennant in two thousand eight. Nah, you already looked at it. I'm not giving you 20. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll give you the 20 when you come visit. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be paying for drinks anyway, so what does it really matter? Oh, my God. One time. One time, and he holds it over my head. He must be the woman of the group. Oh, uh, the two. yeah, the 2008 Phillies beat him. 2008 Phillies smacked him 4-1. Oh, that was that was Rollins and... Yeah, and Ryan Howard. Back when and Ryan Howard, Howard was eating was eating baseballs and Cliff Lee and Cole Hamill. That was yeah, that was when Cole Hamill's was worth a damn. Shane Cliff, Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee fell out the league quick after that. Yeah. Wow. That fucking Phillies team. I hate the Phillies though. Yeah. Yeah, the, I don't know why, but the <laughs> Phillies do suck. That's my real pop's favorite team. And I, I it's probably Probably why. Yeah, there's, <laughs> just, probably, there's probably I, some psychology associated with that. I I hate your teams. <laughs> you're yeah. my best friend. I hate my buddy's teams. Like, yo, if you're close to me and you have a favorite team, fuck them. Yeah. Hope they lose forever so I can laugh at you, you bum. So we gave we, we gave the we gave the trivia question right, which was uh, when was the last time Duke or UNC wasn't in the ACC championship? This year is the first time since 2005 that neither Ronaldo nor Messi advanced to the Champions League semis. There's so much trivia on this podcast. That's just, just this is just a, this is just a trivia pod. Just trivia. Dude, I read that and I was just like, "Holy, I've never ever like really said this before." End of an era. Yeah, this, I mean, this kind of cements it, no? You would think so. I mean, especially if especially if you have teams like you have teams like Bayern and PSG moving on. It, it, it kind of well, Bayern's kind of a machine. They've they've always really been there since like probably that you know the turn of the, the millennium since two thousand. They've been they've been pretty good at least since like two thousand ten. I would say yeah, late late uh, two decades ago. So yeah, oh seven is when they really started being this. Just you guarantee lock them in for. At least the quarters. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pep came along and they couldn't get past the semi. <laughs> um, yeah. But I yeah. mean, it, it, it kind of does signal like a, hey, maybe maybe the Ronaldo and Messi debate is, you know, we, we still like to, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, to say someone's not the GOAT while they're still playing. But, I mean, when do we make the transition to like the Mbappes and the Lewandowskis and now coming up the, the, the Hollands and... You know, guys like that. When when do we start making that transition to, you know, I, I would even say that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in Europe. I don't know the European media and I don't follow the European media. But at least in America, since we're really bad with soccer, we care about American players and Ronaldo and Messi. Right. But when, when do we make that transition to kind of promoting the younger guys? 
Yeah, so it's kind of in flux right now. So they kind of had their their two to hang their hat on, which yeah. I respect. Like they were they were truly uh, transcendental talents, right? I don't really subscribe to the goat theory, just because that's an impossible question to ask. Like based on how style and of play changes from decade to decade, right? But yeah, I mean, there's some cats that are coming out now that are, that are crazy talented. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. I'm, I'm very biased, but Marcus Rashford is very, 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 very good. It's one of the reasons why I fear England, you know, coming into this next 2022 World Cup, right? Killing Mbappe is still as good as advertised, right? Neymar, like he just he just started drinking. Yeah, he just he just started drinking. Neymar is still relatively young, right? So if he can figure out how to finally stay healthy. Um, He'll be a problem. You have the Canadian star, Davies, who plays for Bayern, who's really, really good. Same you thing, have, though, a little bit of health issues. Right. Uh, and then you have Christian Pulisic for Chelsea. For, <laughs> Same American, thing, playing time issues. <laughs> the American star, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a, there's just a host of very, very talented players that is insane. That kid Mason Mount for Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, blows my mind. You still have Salah. Right, Mane, let's Sane. See what, let's, let's see what Hall. Let's see what. Let's see what Holland does when he actually goes to a big club that's not Dortmund, or maybe he'll stay at Dortmund. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. What 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 is going on with Chelsea and, and Pulisic? Dude, they can't. They. <laughs> it, it, I think. They, I think it's in. It's an English club with English media and they refuse to allow a good American player on their team. Well, but uh, but the, the thing is if you read the media reports and you read the the fans are literally begging. They were begging Lampard and now they're uh begging Tuchel to play Pulisic because I you know I I agree with what E said Scumbag E the other day. He said when Pulisic is on the pitch, it's a different Chelsea team. They play faster. They, you know, they you know, they hit longer through balls. They they play with a higher pace than before. They kind of just slog around when he's not on the field. Yeah, and he's it's... getting and he's getting played in like he's getting played in like the 65th and 75th minute. Like you can't do anything. You can't do anything at that. He got put in at the 88th minute the other day. You can't do anything with that. <laughs> oh man, so I I really can't I really can't answer the question cuz I'm obviously not there. But the pace of play for the teams is drastically different with Pulisic on versus Pulisic off. That team looks lost without Pulisic on the field, which is which is just crazy to think based on the talent they and the money they just spent. Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, right? They still have uh, Giroud. They still have uh, – I mean, obviously Mason Mount is there. They don't have a very good back line, but they have a they have a few other midfielders that I'm not like Conte is still at Chelsea. <laughs> How do you forget Conte? Conte is still <laughs> really good, and they they just seem slow and and lost and not decisive without him. So for him to not be on the pitch and it is weird. And then Tuchel's crazy explanation. Did you read that when I sent it to the group? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, he's really good and he's a great soccer player, but we like to use him better as any that like, can score goals and assist on goals and hit great passes. And he's doing everything we want him to do in training. But, you know, we're going to keep him as an 85th minute sub. 
he said his problem, Pulisic's problem is, is that I used to be his coach and he was my super sub, right? So our football manager, PSG Di Maria, that's who Pulisic was, right? Like six years prior. And he refuses to adapt to be like, yo, he's arguably one of my best players right now. And he's still living six years in the past. I'd fire him based on that idiotic statement on, on the principle. Yeah, he's got them in fourth in Premier League after what was an embarrassing performance with all the money they spent. So I guess he's doing something right. But it's ridiculous for him to have said that. I used yeah. to coach him when he was when he was seventeen, and he was a good sub. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, the... you 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 really hope that maybe he can you know that he can kind of ditch Chelsea and go and go somewhere else. But the the problem is that Chelsea knows how good he is, and they don't want him playing anywhere else. So they're going to sit him on the bench, sit him on the bench, and and use him as a super sub, quote unquote. I don't know how much of a super sub he can be when he's coming on the 88th minute, but that 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 leads us into our. In, you know, we've been talking about this Champions League stuff. So basically, there's there's two games left to decide who's going to be in the semis. So Real beat uh, at Atalanta three one. They won four one on aggregate. Man City uh, beat uh, Man City one yesterday two zero. They won uh, against Mönchengladbach four zero on aggregate. That's not really shocking there. Uh, today, Bayern will play Lazio. Bayern is up 4-1 on uh, aggregate. And the aforementioned Chelsea plays uh, Atletico Madrid. Chelsea is up one nothing on aggregate. Man, um, hopefully Atletico Madrid takes Chelsea to the kitchen, kind of like how what's going on in your background. Yeah, so, no doubt. Oh, uh, man. I hope Atletico Madrid wins that game. It'd just be so much fun to mess with the E about it. <laughs> yeah, especially after all the all the crap that he's talked about uh, Diego Simeon. Dude, it'd, it'd be oddly poetic. With that being said, let's move on to March Madness. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. One of the truly special times of the sports year is upon us. The biggest betting weekend in Vegas is coming up in just uh, three short days. That's right, Friday of this week, which should be none other than the 19th. We will be tipping what happens to be one of the best tournaments in the world. There is a host of impressive teams in the bracket, but I want to spotlight one, right? Shout out 15 seed Grand Canyon University of the West bracket. Um, They are a recently established college, right? I don't think they've been... Uh, legit D1 for more than a few years. And they just recently joined the WAC, like, officially. Because they were, like, this weird probation period where they are proving they can be D1. They successfully passed it and then made it into the WAC and won the WAC this year. So, uh, I think they're the Lobos, right? Grand Canyon University is in Phoenix, uh, you know, one of the cities around Phoenix. We're not going to say which city it is because I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head and people don't actually know. Shout out American Dad. Uh, their school colors are purple, so I'm probably going to end up trying to pick them in this March, March Madness uh, Room 3 pod just because of that. So, to, so to, to your credit, one of the things that you want to look for 
when picking upsets in March Madness is non so so there's there's this there's a guy named Ken Palmeroy who does college basketball rankings big big stats guy and but he does adjusted offense and defense rankings based on opponent right if you look at just pure NCAA rankings for offensive and defensive efficiency one of the things that you can use to pick upsets is a team that has a high powered offense think top 10 and a team that has an awful defense, think bottom 100 or like 100 and below, below the top 100, less than the top 100. There's two number two seeds that meet that criteria. I'm not picking them, but it's funny that Jermaine loves Grand Canyon University and Iowa is one of those teams. Let's in, go. In true rankings... Iowa has the number two offense in the nation and the number 148th defensive efficiency in the nation. Shout out Scumbag E because E hates Iowa because he does not like Luke, Luke Garza. The other team, you asked, the other number two team, Ohio State. Now, the way I go about picking a bracket, and Jermaine, you can give your methodology after this, is I pick number one and number two seeds first. Right, I, Number one and number two seeds advance. For me, I, I don't. I don't think that any of the number one and number two seeds are are going to go through. Uh, then I look at uh, the eight nine matchups, and like I previously mentioned, the the Ken Palm rankings. You know, Ken Palmeroy's rankings. You can go to KenPalm.com. He's normally pretty good at at picking those eight nine matchups. They're more. They're, they're just basically a coin flip. But if you use his rankings, he, he you know these teams are pretty similar. He generally gives you the the right ones and then you look for obviously the 12 13 14 11 games which teams of the higher seeds so i'm talking the three four five six seeds which ones have what i just described a great offense i look at top 25 and a terrible defense think 90 and below 75 and below in the nation in terms of you know because those teams normally get stymied in the tournament and then I'll go basically from there and pick my pick my teams based on once we get into this, the round of 32, which big league, uh, so think power six, right? Big East, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC. Which one am I? Which one am I missing, Jermaine? Pac 12. Pac 12. Thank you. The the power six conferences. Which team? from the Power Six Conference is coming into the tournament hot prior to their conference tournament. Georgetown. Georgetown was awful before their conference tournament, by the way. Oh, you said before the conference tournament. Prior to the conference tournament, yes. So, using this criteria, Jermaine, I'm going to name a couple of teams that I like. All right, make sure you you mention what region first. Yes. Yep. And then mention the seeding matchup. So, so here's so we'll, we'll start oh, out. And oh, before we push into this, are you going to be writing this down? Uh, yeah, I can make I can make a room three hundred three bracket. Okay, because we're going to need to do that to to make sure yeah. we keep keep this consistent for when we push forward into this podcast. Yeah, I have uh, I I have the ESPN app open. So, 
The West obviously starts out with the number one seed and the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. They are the most complete team in this tournament. They have the number one offense, the number 10 defense, and they're number one in terms of margin of victory. I mean, they are blowing people out of the water right now. And I don't they look, agree, but I'll allow it. They look good. However, Jermaine, because you mentioned that, remember what we talked about last week on the podcast, that a team has not gone unbeaten and won the tournament since 1973, and the number one overall seed has not won the tournament since 2014. Get out of town. I will not. Um, I think I think that uh, looking at the West, number 12, Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara, has great matchups. If they can make it past Crichton. Oh, yes, they do. Yes. If they can make it past Crichton, Virginia is not an opponent. Is it, Virginia is not as good as their number four seed suggests. I have UCSB going to the Sweet 16. Um, USC is another hot team that I don't think deserve their number six ranking because they're playing the Pac-12. If you look at what they're doing, they've won. They won their last five games, two of them against tournament teams Squeakers. before their before their conference tournament. They, I think, they have a chance to make it to the Sweet 16. As I mentioned, Iowa, if you have to pick a number two upset, Grand Canyon over Iowa. Remember that? You know, Grand Canyon, first team, first time in the in the NCAA playing with house money. Maybe, maybe a look. I don't think they're going to beat them, but I don't have Iowa getting past the second round. That's in the West bracket, by the way. Um, in the East bracket, Colorado looks like a great team. Colorado, same thing. Top twenty-five in offensive and defensive efficiency got screwed over because of their Big Twelve or the, sorry, the Pac-12 tournament performance. Uh, real hot before the tournament. I think they beat Georgetown. Jermaine's probably going to disagree. Uh, UNC Greensboro. I think I have them beating Florida State. We already talked about it, right? Florida State. Like where? Where's the production from Florida State? They have a great offense. Sure, they can score a lot of points. They can't defend very well. Uh. Jermaine, you're going to hate me for this one, but Abilene Christian, I think they have enough to beat Texas. I think Texas should be on a, on, on upset alert. I think Texas is ranked too high because of the Big 12 tournament performance, uh, and they could beat it. One of the teams that I think is going to make a deep run, and so here's the thing. In the Final Four in the last seven years, there has been you would not go wrong picking two number one seeds, a number three, four, five seed, and a seed below number seven. In the last seven years, the last seven March Madnesses have met every single one, has met that criteria. Two number one seeds, a number three, four, five seed, and then a seed below, seven or below. UConn, I say that because UConn coming out of the East has, in my opinion, has a chance to be that number seven. That the team that makes a deep run. Uh, just kind of going through out of the south, I think Winthrop, the twelve-five matchup against Nova. Winthrop has a chance to to be an upset. Um, I love Colgate against Arkansas, but I think Arkansas, if they can survive Colgate, is is one of the favorites to win the South because, like I talked about, Ohio State is that team like Iowa with a high-powered offense and not a very good defense. I'm super excited moving to the Midwest to see, hopefully, a Loyola, who plays Georgia Tech, the 8-9 matchup, a Loyola-Illinois matchup in the uh, in the round of 32. 
Loyola Chicago, obviously. I think Liberty has a chance the 13-4 uh, matchup against Oklahoma State. Uh, Liberty to beat Oklahoma State. Uh, Moorhead State, the 14 uh, against West Virginia to beat uh, the 14-3 matchup against West Virginia. I love Houston. So my final four is I'm going to – where are they? Hold on, let me go out real quick. So, I think Gonzaga makes it. But Gonzaga is not going to the championship. My final four is going to be Gonzaga, UConn, Baylor, and Houston. If I were picking this, I'll I'll change it up because I just gave you guys criteria and I'm going to blow it again. But um, Gonzaga... UConn, Arkansas, and Houston would be my final four. Oh, you're too high on Arkansas, my friend. <laughs> you're too high on Arkansas. You would have talked to me a week ago about your Texas pick against Abilene Christian, and I would have agreed with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, I love Texas, but there was just something missing. That mm-hmm. championship win was an absolute culture win. It was a complete change. They played against one of the truly red-hot teams in all of college basketball right now. They went on a spree of beating six ranked opponents, six top 25 opponents in a row, in a row with the number one overall pick, who in the championship game made it way too close at the end to where they had an opportunity to win that game. The way they responded in those situations completely told me that they won't be one and done this year. Now, the extent of where they go, I don't know where that's going to go. Obviously. There's a reason why no one's picked a perfect bracket before. Yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas, I think you're way too high on. I think the SEC has a lot of inflated teams this year based on what I've watched and you know what I've read and, and how I've seen these teams perform. So... I do not like Arkansas, and I do not like – if Arkansas plays Texas Tech, I do not like that match, matchup for Arkansas, right? Texas Tech has a somewhat lackluster um, record compared to Arkansas, right? But Texas Tech's coach is much more significant than Arkansas's coach, in my opinion. And that is something that sways the needle in that in that atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that we have to think about in these situations is COVID will be a factor. I don't know where, and I'm not even going to attempt to forecast where these where, these, <laughs> where COVID you, will rear. You, its ugly you drive yourself crazy trying to do that. Yeah, you would truly go insane, right? But with that being said, right? I like a lot of the teams that have experienced some COVID tumult during this season, right? So I kind of like Kansas. I definitely like Texas because they start off strong, right? They won that tournament. No one expected them to win the tournament to open the season, yeah, including me, <laughs> the Longhorns fan. I was just like, wait, what the fuck? We won that tournament? Then – Proceeded to have a great opening first half. Got hit with COVID as soon as we started beginning conference play. Almost lost the entire month of January and still pieced it together. 
So I like a lot of those teams, right? And th- this tournament is going to be truly unique in that aspect. I 100% agree with you on Gonzaga. No one in that bracket is beating Gonzaga. There's one team that has the potential to do it, and it's Kansas, and I do not think Kansas makes it because I think Kansas loses to USC. So let's so, so, so let's move let's let's move through our let's move through our bracket pretty expeditiously then. All right, so we'll start in the West region. Right, you said Gonzaga makes it out. Who do you got? Oklahoma, Missouri. I've got Missouri. And and by the way, we're we're using we're using um, yeah, the ESPN uh, tournament challenge app. Make sure you go on at the prizes something this year. It's always like five hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or whatever. You're not going to make a perfect bracket. Just go on and submit it. We'll we'll create a room three or three group too, so everybody can join. All right, Crichton and uh, UCSB. I like UCSB as well. That's so funny okay. that you picked that. All right, Virginia, Ohio. I like. Uh... I th- I both teams are awful, right? That's I think why Vir- I did that. I think Virginia being a Power Six program beats Ohio. Yeah, but that my thing is, is Virginia is overinflated in this sense, and overinflated teams, especially in the four thir- thirteen matchup always experience we're always like oh shit virginia lost and it almost feels like we shouldn't be surprised anymore yeah i will just tell you that uh, that ohio is one of those teams that i mentioned high offense low defense yeah i'm look, give me one second let me look at the other one so it's purdue oklahoma state and florida state that makes, <laughs> that makes it more likely that it's virginia that loses but i'm gonna go ahead and uh, i'll stick with virginia i think virginia okay wins that. uh gotcha. so wichita state or drake usc Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Wichita uh, State or Drake, like I don't give a fuck. Kansas Wichita State's not that good. Kansas is beating Eastern Washington. An Oregon VCU matchup that I found incredibly interesting. I picked VCU. Love it. VCU I picked VCU. Okay. Uh Iowa and Grand Canyon. I wanna say GCU. I know that you automatically move ones and twos, and I know that you do that, but I really, really I, I I am I am down with a Grand Canyon victory, at least for the room three oh three bracket. I'm down with a with a Grand Canyon uh victory. I think they could pull it off. Bryce Drew repre- replacing Dan Marley, both of them former NBA coaches. They have the experience to get those kids ready. They will be hyped to play. Iowa does not have home court advantage to play in this situation because it's all in Indianapolis. There's not very many fans. Iowa has looked lack- lackluster on towards the end of this uh, journey for this year. I think Grand Canyon University has all the markings, right? If it was a regular tournament year, I would not consider this. But with the COVID situation, with the lack of fans, with the way the Big Ten has shaken out with Iowa dropping the ball, I think Grand Canyon University is the pick here. Okay. Gonzaga, Missouri. Easy. Uh, UCSB, Virginia. Oh, I like UCSB, bro. Okay. Uh, You said USC would beat Kansas and VCU Grand Canyon. Oh, what a great matchup. I hope that happens, first of all. Um, it's probably VCU. Dude, Cinderella season, bro. It's Cinderella season. I'm going to ride the antelopes, bro. It's up to you. You get to pick this one since I got the Iowa uh, deal breaker, but I, I think it's antelope season, bro. <laughs> the antelopes. Um. 
Yeah. I mean, Jesus. That's a tough one to call. Because if, yeah. if Grand Canyon beats Iowa. They're, yeah, they're playing the with house. Added, I, 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 I do love I do love good house money. Okay, Gonzaga and then USC Grand Canyon. Oh, USC wins that one. USC's uh, right now. I'm and then Gonzaga and then Gonzaga advances to the final four. All right, let's move to the East. All right, Michigan, uh, LSU or Saint Bonnie. I think LSU wins that. Okay, Colorado Georgetown. Colorado wins that. Uh, Florida State UNCG. Florida State's got a chip on their shoulder. They absolutely smoke UNCG. Okay. Uh, BYU uh, BYU against the winner of Michigan State UCLA. So I want to say BYU. I'm not picking them. I am picking the winner of Michigan State UCLA, which I am assuming is going to be Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, Texas and Abilene Christian, Texas, uh, UConn and Maryland. You're really high on UConn. I'm high on him, man. I am not, but we're going to rock with you, and we'll go UConn on this situation. Uh, Alabama and Iona. Alabama. Um, are we good? We're, we're picking against Rick Pitino? Yeah. Okay. That's a bold choice. But all right. We'll rock Alabama. <laughs> that was a pretty straightforward bracket. We picked a lot of, picked a lot of favorites in that. Yeah. Uh, Michigan LSU. That's an interesting game. Michigan LSU. Michigan has some some very questionable decision making from their guard play. Whenever I watch them, I'm always like, "What the fuck are you thinking?" Yeah, but I'm gonna I don't. Michigan. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any trust in SEC teams this year. I, I don't either, especially with what I saw from LSU in the Alabama game. They lost their cool. Yeah, and that doesn't give me any hopes for big games. So I'm going to go Michigan on that one. Reluctant. Colorado and Florida State. Florida State. Florida State, easy, yeah. Uh, uh, Mich- well, Michigan State and Texas, the 3-11. Oh, wow. Yeah, Texas. I think Texas uh, is a favorable matchup to keep advancing here. UConn and Alabama. Ooh, I kind of do like that upset. Yeah, all right. Michigan and Florida State. Oh, fuck. In the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? I don't like Florida State. I have them getting eliminated first round. But also, I agree with you that I don't like Michigan. I don't like this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the top half of this East <laughs> bracket. I didn't, I, yeah. The no team is really exciting in that. Like, Georgetown yeah. coming out of there wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Michigan because okay. I don't think I don't think Leonard Hamilton has it. Texas and UConn. I'm so biased <laughs> in this game. I'm yeah. so biased. I think Texas wins though. Okay, Michigan you and Texas. Like UConn though. Yeah, I mean I I I like UConn, but I I you know. Fuck it, dude. If I'm being this biased, we're picking Texas. Texas, Texas. is making the final four. <laughs> All right, so so just to let you know, if we're if we're operating by the last seven years, we now have a number one and a number three seed advancing to the final four. Well, yeah, this this South bracket, Baylor's advancing. I don't yeah. give a fuck what happens everywhere else. Okay, Baylor, Baylor. Uh, North Carolina, Wisconsin. I, I I I just want Wisconsin to win, just to just to put a just a I hammer do. job. 
I didn't want North Carolina to make the tournament, but they really turned yeah. it around under Roy Williams. Um, I didn't want North Carolina, Kansas, or Duke to make it. Uh, I only got one of the three. But, yeah, I'll rock Wisconsin with you. That's All not right. an unlikely situation. Uh, Nova and Winthrop. I think Nova is w- way overseeded. Nova's not been very good. I think they have the cachet for previous tournaments. And I'm fucking down to rock Winthrop, dude. I think. Okay. And, a tw- and it's a 12 5. 12 5. Winthrop all day. I might Winthrop put a ton beats, of money on that game, money. dude. Let's go. Uh, Purdue, North Texas. I don't see any reason why Purdue doesn't win this game. Come on. I want to pick Texas for obvious reasons. But <laughs> uh, Texas Tech, yeah, Utah State. Texas Tech is one of your darlings. Uh, I think Arkansas- Texas Tech got shaded, so yeah, I'm going to get Texas Tech on that. Arkansas is one of my darlings. Uh, the Florida-Virginia Tech matchup, another very interesting matchup. And it's a 7-10. It's super fascinating. Yeah. I love this yeah. matchup. Um, wow. I think I picked, I picked Virginia Tech. I was about to say that. I think I might okay. go Virginia Tech, too. Virginia uh, Tech. Ohio State, Oral Roberts. I think Ohio State gets out of the first round. I, they for sure beat Oral Roberts. No disrespect yeah. to OR, but like, come on now. All right, Baylor wins. Uh, Winthrop Purdue. I don't think Winthrop beats Purdue. I don't think so either. Uh, Texas Tech. You said Texas Tech is a bad matchup for Arkansas. We'll advance Texas Tech. Uh, Ohio State Virginia Tech. Keep in mind what I said about Iowa. I think Ohio State is good enough to beat Virginia Tech. I think Ohio State's a better team than Iowa. So I, I will I will second that notion. I will move on to the Sweet 16 and say I don't think Iowa State can beat Texas Tech. You don't think Iowa State? Can oh, beat sorry, Texas I, I sorry, I don't think Ohio State can beat Texas Tech. Oh, you broke my brain. I was sitting here like, where is <laughs> Iowa State? I'm like looking around brackets and stuff. Yeah, no, I I think Texas Tech can beat Ohio State. I do. Okay, agree. so the South final, then Baylor Texas Tech. I Baylor, think it's a you Big said. 12 final and Baylor smashes tech okay so now we have two ones a three now we need a seven or below to advance now a seven or below seven or below and may i point you in the direction of loyola chicago no that's crazy. that's not that crazy but that's funny as hell dude all right so illinois so loyola chicago and georgia tech Oh, I think Loyal Chicago takes it. No, Georgia Tech has some amazing <laughs> defense, though. That's a yeah, nice but team. but but Loyola Loyola Chicago is top twenty five in both offense and defense efficiency. And did you see what Georgia Tech did to FSU, though? Yeah. Okay, we'll go. We'll go with whichever you want of that. You got I Loyola, said Loyola Chicago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tennessee, Oregon State, the five twelve. Oh, Oregon State. Really. Who do you have? You have Tennessee. I have Tennessee, but I, I have no bones in it. So if you if you're that passionate about Oregon State, I'll go Oregon State. Well, the, dude, Oregon State is one of the upset bid stealers, right? And usually mm-hmm. the teams that steal an upset bid are riding so hot that they steal that first game. Yeah. And it's All right, a oh, uh, matchup. Four four thirteen Oklahoma State Liberty. Ooh, Oklahoma State got a bad draw. I don't think yeah, Liberty. Don't, Liberty's a good team. Liberty's a damn good team, but Liberty also lucked into this by automatic advancing. Because remember, we covered it last yep. episode. Yep. We're we're gonna go Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham, number one pick. They don't lose this game. Okay. Uh, San Diego State, Syracuse. 
What do you got in this one? I got San Diego State. You got SDSU. Yeah. I, I'm picking SDSU because I hate Syracuse. I hate Jim Bayham right now. He's just annoying. Uh, West Virginia and Moorhead State. Oh, West Virginia, dude. Bob Huggins is going to get us 1,000. What was the what was it? 900 win? Yeah. Uh, Clemson and Rutgers. I like Rutgers in this. I think they're underseeded. Yeah, but we're not a fan of Rutgers on this podcast. Well, no, we're not a fan of Rutgers football. No, fuck Rutgers. Just kidding. Yeah, we'll 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 push Rutgers. I don't really care for Clemson. Uh, of the two, I don't really have a dog in the race, so I'll 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 pick the ten over seven. Houston and Cleveland State. Houston is one of the most complete teams in this tournament. That is a bold fucking statement, bro. Uh, I, Illinois. I, it, I like Houston over Cleveland State, but like, whoa! I was not ready for that. Illinois, Illinois, and Loyola. Let's go, Loyola. Oh, hell yeah. They're going. Uh, Oregon State and Oklahoma State. That's we just Oklahoma. debated. We just we just debated Oklahoma State escaping Liberty. Oklahoma State got such a rough draw. But I'm banking on the fact that Cade Cunningham is going to be able to take over ball games in this tournament. And I've seen him do it. I'm going Oklahoma State over Oregon State on this one. Okay, San Diego State and West Virginia. We just debated San Diego State losing, so I think Bob Huggins is good enough to advance. I think West West Virginia wins for sure. Uh, Rutgers, Houston. Well, I mean, based on what you do, if Houston's that good, we cannot advance Houston. Okay, Loyola and Oklahoma State. <laughs> uh, we can't advance Loyola here. I think Cade Cunningham gets to the Final Four. He cements himself as the pure number one pick in this draft, no ifs, ands, or buts, and it makes the number two pick in the NBA draft on the clock from the rip. All right, West Virginia and Houston. Oh, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, I like Houston because I don't like West Virginia when it comes to tournament play. They don't have a style that I agree with uh, can win it all. Okay, Oklahoma State and Houston. I'm going to lean Houston on that. Okay. All right, so our so our final four is Gonzaga, Texas. Gonzaga versus Texas and Baylor versus Houston. Who you got? Gonzaga, Texas. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Uh, Baylor and Houston. Baylor. I think Baylor wins the tournament. I think Baylor wins the tournament. Thank you very much. Yes, that, I don't give a fuck about anyone else. The South bracket, Baylor wins it all. I, I, final final score. Final score, Baylor. Baylor eighty six, Gonzaga seventy four. Okay, you heard it. You heard it here first, folks. So, room three hundred three. That is our that is our bracket, the room three hundred three bracket. Let me take it. Let me take it through you guys real quick. Let me rename it. Rename it room three hundred three. Take you guys through kind of the big things uh, that we have going into the tournament. All right. So big upsets in the first round: UCSB beating uh, number five Creighton, uh, uh, Grand Canyon beating Iowa, Bucket, uh, Michigan State beating BYU as the eleven seed. I smell uh, Winthrop, Winthrop, Winthrop beating Villanova as a number 12 seed. Uh, Oregon State beating Tennessee as the 12-5. And then we have uh, the 
Elite Eight breaks down like this. Number one, Gonzaga. Number six, USC. Number one, Michigan. Number three, Texas. Number one, Baylor. Number six, Texas Tech. Number four, Oklahoma State. Number two, Houston. The final four then, Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and Houston with Gonzaga and Baylor meeting in the final and Baylor winning by a final score of 86-75. to 75. And none of this and, will happen. It will be completely wrong by the yeah. end of day one. That's right. And and we're all <laughs> we're going to be eight and sixteen by the end of day one. Yeah. So let's go ahead and push through uh, standing O and find him and cut him and wrap this up real quickly. Yeah. Right. So uh, for those of you listening, that's our March Madness. We'll post the link for our bracket that we're setting up for you guys to join. Um, and you know maybe Nick and I will talk offline and see what kind of prize we can get for the winner of that bracket challenge. For that, with that being said, standing O this week goes to Jordan Spieth. For stopping on the golf course and listening to this uh, third grade student, James Anderson's school report uh, about Jordan Spieth, where he recited Jordan Spieth's age and about his sister and his family and where Jordan Spieth went to school. And my, in my opinion, that was kind of got to be a creepy thing to hear someone just read to you because they just have all your personally, personal identifiable information. But yeah, that's another story. Uh, secondly, we have Virginia State's president, <laughs> which I sent Nick snatching. <laughs> I sent Nick the video before we went on air. And <laughs> Nick's face—it uh, was like he smelt uh, something awful, and that was uh, the smell of a student's soul leaving his body because the president bodied him on campus with snatching. a nasty crossover. All right, you want to take us through find him and cut him? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Kaylor Navas. Uh, is the the Costa Rican goalkeeper, uh, and who's he? Who's he? Who's his club team? He was Real Madrid, I believe. He's PSG right now. Okay, he's PSG's keeper, uh, not their starting keeper, I don't think. Right? No, I think that might be. Um... <sighs> what was that kid's name? Starts starts with an A, um, but he's threatening. <laughs> he's threatening to uh, leave PSG. And if PSG doesn't uh, give in to his, his request, he's threatening to throw games uh, to get the manager fired. So, it, <laughs> this was for I mean, this, Costa Rica, though. Like, he was trying to get the Costa Rican. Oh, this, this is the Costa Rican coach. All right. Well, the, I mean, you know, Kaylor Navas is not a forward, he's not a striker, he's the goalkeeper. So, if anyone can throw games to get the manager fired, uh, it's going to be him. If you're the manager, do you select him for the next Costa Rican squad? <laughs> no, you stay away from that man. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? I think his name was Stefan Alonso or something like, right? I guess. Yeah, I I'm. 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 I'm not. I'm not selecting him. I would not. No. It, oh, Alphonse Ariola. Yeah, Alphonse Ariola. Yeah, he's uh, playing for Fulham right now. He's on loan. Oh. That's who we were thinking of, but he's not even with PSG anymore. Probably because they have Kaylor okay. Navas. I yeah, can't believe we would, I can't believe we would threaten that. All right, so so this week's uh, trivia was: When was the last time Duke or UNC wasn't in the ACC championship game? Right. So if you watch the ACC championship game, they told you every six seconds, and it was Thank pretty hysteric, pretty hysterical to listen to. And it wasn't it wasn't quick enough. They should have told right. you every second. All right. So tell us the answer since you're so excited. So the last time Duke, neither Duke nor UNC was in the ACC championship was 1996. 
That's right, 25 years ago. Before that, it was another 13 years, 1983, that they weren't in the ACC championship game. And I mean, as much as you, as much as I don't like these two teams, that's an incredible stat. That's that's dumb, impressive, otherworldly. That's greatness personified. So that's the trivia question. So thank you guys for listening to this episode 58 of Room 303. Next week we'll be back with uh, kind of our, our spring training wrap-up and, and our opening day preview for MLB. I'll, I'll give you guys some some gambling, some of my bets uh, for win totals as, as you know free agency and spring training kind of shakes out. I'll give you my bets uh, for win totals for the MVP and for some, for some other props uh, that we're looking at. And then, uh, yeah. We'll have uh, we'll, the the Champions League semis uh, field will be set at least, and we'll be looking forward to that draw. Uh, we'll give an update on the March Madness bracket because it will have kicked off already. So, uh, what do you got for the people, Jermaine? Nothing. Stay locked this week. Uh, end of the week, probably Friday of this week, we will be dropping our NFL free agency special, and we'll also be previewing a little bit of the draft in that special.